Several weeks ago, one of our sisters in Christ and I were talking, and they made mention that something to the effect is you guys need to talk more about some things in the world that we just think is okay nowadays. And I got to studying on that, and she made mention that our young people need to know about this, and as more I studied it, and I said, I'm old, I need to know about it too. So let's think for a little while today and, and see how this study goes. 2 Timothy 3, verses 1 through 5, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those things that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. You know, this is written couple thousand years ago but as I read it uh, sounds like today to me all of these things that we talk about here just seems like we live in a very bad world and I don't want this to be political uh, by any means but from this I have gotten our title for today from such turn away so keep that in your back of your mind, those of you taking notes, from such turn away. So let's, let's jump into it. From such turn away, from mind-altering chemicals. I'm trying to be uh, politically correct when I say this. Let's read 1 Timothy 5 and 23. Drink no longer water, but use a little wine for thy stomach's sake, and thine often infirmities. Through the years, if I've talked to people about having problems, particularly with alcohol, they give me this verse. This is, to them, a green light to drink. It's a green light to indulge in alcohol. It's okay. The Bible says it's okay. I agree. The Bible says it's okay. Then I say, did you read it? It says, take a little wine. Not a six-pack, not a fifth, not a keg. Take a little wine. I'm going to interpret this. It's okay to take medicine to alter your mind. I had surgery this year. I wanted my mind altered. I didn't want to feel the pain. It's okay to do that. Is it okay to get high? Absolutely not. Is it okay to get addicted so that that's all you're doing? Absolutely not. I was talking to a couple of girls today. 
do you know what Russian roulette is? And one of them had a good answer. That's where you take a revolver, that's one of the guns that's got a cylinder in it, put one shell in it, and you spin it, and if you've got guts, you have a 16% chance of dying when you do that. But when you take mind-altering chemicals, over and over, your chance goes up of having all kind of problems. There's people here that have lost loved ones because someone was driving with their mind altered. Now, I'm taking in drugs on this, too. Sniffing a can of spray paint, whatever they do nowadays to alter your mind, this is absolutely wrong. Carry this a little further. 1 Corinthians 5 and 11. But now I've written in you not to keep company if any man that is called a brother be a fornicator or covenant or an adulterer or a railer or a drunkard or an extortioner with such a one know not to eat. What does it hurt to eat with a drunkard? 1 Corinthians 15 and 33 says, Evil communications corrupt good manners. It rubs off on you. Fornicator, covetous, adulterer, railer, any of them, don't be around them. God does not want evil around good people. Does he want fellowship? Sure. We had fellowship last night. But don't have fellowship with evil people. And we'll catch this a little bit later. The children of Israel... They had a way of dealing with evil things, and we'll get to that in a little bit. Galatians 5 and 19. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, adultery, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, sedition, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. Of the which I tell you before, as I've told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. How much plainer can it get? If you alter your mind so you're addicted, you're not going to heaven. I don't see how you could misread that. 25% of traffic violations this year have been because of DUI, driving under the influence. You have your mind altered, you may kill yourself. You may kill the mother, you may kill the father, you may kill the child, you may kill a baby, you may booger them up so they're crippled forever. Then you have to live with that. Do not alter your mind through chemicals, whatever the chemical is. When I was a child, alcohol was a chemical. I got in college, I heard about LSD over in California. So yes, things have changed since I was young. There's a lot more junk to influence people, young and old. Romans 13 and 13. 
let us walk honestly as in the day, not in riding and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantingness, not in strife or envying. This year, so far this year, we have set a new record. Britt, blame this on me. I like statistics too. 100,000 overdose deaths so far this year. The year's not over. Hey, we're going to set a bigger record, I bet you. From such, turn away. If you get addicted or continually use mind-altering drugs, look forward to dementia, look forward to liver problems, kidney problems, heart problems, early deaths. We've seen it happen. All of us know someone here that that's happened to. They're dead. I, I say they drank themselves to death. From such, turn away. Let's shift gears. Has nothing to do with drinking, folks, okay? This is 1921. These ladies had on their bathing suit, they was going to the beach. That's a cop measuring how much skin is showing. They could be fined. They could be put in jail. Or both for showing too much skin in 1921. I'm not going to show what people wear to the beach today. Y'all have seen it. Let's talk a little bit about modesty. There's one major verse on that, 1 Timothy 2 and 9. In like manner also that women adorn themselves in modest apparel with shamefacedness and sobriety, not with broidered hair or gold or pearls or costly array. The more I studied on this on how to talk about being modest, there was three letters that keep coming up. How am I going to explain what modest is or what immodest is? I got three letters. Two. There's my three letters. You could be immodest if it's too low, too high, too tight, or maybe just too little of it. That's keeping it pretty simple. Ladies, you know, this is, talks about ladies a lot. If you have to adjust your clothes, that ought to be a, something telling you something. Let's read a little more about modesty. 1 Peter 3 and 2, While they beheld your chaste conversation coupled with fear, Whose adorning let it not be the outward adorning or plating of the hair and of wearing of gold or of putting on of apparel, but it let it be the hidden man of the heart and that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. Chaste means clean, innocent, modest. Conversation needs behavior. 
I've, I've heard people say, but it's a style. I'm say, telling you, this is the Christian style. Meek and quiet spirit. So I want you to think about this. And the apparel we have. Now I've kind of hammered the ladies. But I'm telling you, a man can dress immodestly too. Go back to the T.O.O. Maybe too little, too tight. Let's think about this. I want to carry modest apparel into these next few slides. Matthew 5 and 28. But I say unto you, whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. I propose to you that what you wear can cause someone else to sin. Think about that. Is that true? Is that false? Help me out. Why? Where's Matthew? He had a talk not long ago, talked about whores a lot. Why do whores dress the way they do? Well, I take it as we're open for business. Uh, here I am, come and get it. Look at me. And I'm sure there's, there's male prostitutes too, so I'm not leaving everybody out. I want us to think about that. Do you want to be held accountable for leading a brother or sister in Christ into sin? By the way you dress. Is it possible? Carry this lust thing a little farther. In James 1 and 14, But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. But when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Ladies, I'm not addressing you. Maybe women don't lust. I've never been a woman. I don't know. I'm going to tell you a story I'm sure you've heard. I don't remember what state it was. But there were some young men in the congregation came to the leadership and says, please don't call on me to help serve the bread and the fruit of the vine. And they said, well, why? He says, the way some of the ladies are dressed. We cannot concentrate on the Lord's Supper because of the way the ladies are dressed. I applaud the young men. So we need to think about our dress as Christians. Christians should dress like Christians. We should be able to tell it rather than, is that a prostitute or is that a Christian? What is it? Let's think about this. In 1 Corinthians 8 and 11, And through thy knowledge shall the weak brother perish for whom Christ died. But when ye sin so against the brethren and wound their weak conscience, ye sin against Christ. 
Wherefore, if meat make my brother offend, I will eat no flesh while the world standeth, lest I make my brother to offend. Offend, in this case, means cause to sin. Remember, Paul, as he wrote here, some of the early Christians was eating sacrifice to idols and then defended those that worshipped idols. So he said, I'm not going to eat no more meat if it makes them to offend. How are they going to lead them to Christ if they're offended? So think, think along this line, offending a brother. Now I'm not talking just about dress now. It could be alcohol, it could be anything. If I have a brother that's had problems in the past due to alcohol, I'm not going to say, let's go fishing. I've loaded the ice chest full of beer, and away we go. Can't do that. we got to be have our mind thinking about our brother. I had a guy tell me once, he says, you know, it's offensive to me. <laughs> I don't know whether it happened today or not, for someone to get out their cell phone and read their Bible out of it. I don't know what they're texting. I don't know what they're doing. And I said, well, I'm sorry. I've done that. I pull my phone out. I can fumble through it faster than the Bible. Well, it didn't cause him to sin, but it, he said, I don't like that. I, I point taken. I, I agree. But when we lead others to sin or cause them, make them sin because of our dress or our lifestyle, we will be held accountable. All right, I'm having no, not much fun here, so let's go to this one. Genesis 4 and 1. Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. Here's your definition of sex. Now here's God's plan for sex, okay? 1 Corinthians 7 and 1. Now concerning the things whereof you wrote unto me, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. Nevertheless, to avoid fornication, let every man have his own wife and every woman have her own husband. I've been told that it's nearly impossible for a youngster to get out of high school without participating in sex. Brother Britt mentioned that 70 teenagers get pregnant every hour. I propose there are others that don't get pregnant or having sex every hour. Brothers and sisters, we have a pandemic, and it's not called COVID. These things ought not so to be. Stay away from these things. Why do we find babies in dumpsters? Why do we have abortion? We have a pandemic. God did not intend for sex before marriage. Never, ever. Everybody's doing it. It's okay. It's expected. 
Matthew 19 and 5. This is more of God's plan. And said, For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall cleave to his wife, and they twain shall be one flesh. Wherefore they are no more twain, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let no man put asunder. I was telling somebody last night, I've done a little bit of research on the, the Amish, Amish, however you say it. Their young people, when they date, cannot touch. They cannot hold hands. No, they just, that's it. But they get to spend one night together in bed. And it showed a picture. There's a fence between them. They get to bond that away. The lady I was telling, she's not here today. She's, I hope there's electric fence. <laughs> but you know, sometime when I study about them, they're dress code, they're very modest. And this is, the lady I was talking to, she said, I'm not opposed to that. She had girls. I'm not opposed to that. You know what? I see some bab uh, biblical backing to that. So, note takers. Sex out of marriage is sin. It will condemn your soul. Is that plain enough? Okay, let's go forward. Ezekiel 16 and 32 but as a wife that committeth adultery, which taketh strangers in, instead of her husband. Now you got a definition for adultery. So many times you read about some of the well-off people have open marriages. They can come and go as they please. This is not what God's plan was by any mean. Everybody's doing it. It's okay. Have you heard that? It's all right to do that. Let's look at God's plan in the Old Testament. Deuteronomy 22 and 22. If a man be found lying with a woman married to a husband, then they both then shall both of them die, both the man that lay with the woman and the woman, so shalt thou put away evil from Israel. You know, we talked earlier about he didn't want us to fellowship with drunkards, fornicators, adulterers, and all that. Keep that evil away from us. They put away evil from Israel. Now let's think about the saying we have today. Everybody's doing it. Under this law, they didn't do it but once. No repeat offenders. Take them outside the gates and stone them. Keep evil from away from you. Matthew 19 and 4, And he answered and said to them, Have you not read that he which made them at the beginning made them Male and female. All of us have uh, been exposed to this, okay? In 1960, I was in high school. If someone acted 
a little bit feminine, they was ridiculed. So I guess that's when they clap it in the closet. Mac, you're old enough when, I don't know, 70s or 80s, they had a coming out, a period, coming out of the closet. But you can see here there was gay and lesbians around all the time, even in the Old Testament. Brothers and sisters, this is wrong. <laughs> gay couples can adopt children now. So you tell the child, says, is that daddy one or daddy two? Or is that mama one, mama two? You know, these children's going to be confused, I promise. That's one reason we got a mess. I want you to think about this first. In Romans 1 and 27, And likewise shall the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burn in lust one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which was meat. I've underlined recompense. Recompense means a reward for an action. So, they will receive a reward for their action of error. Their day's coming. This is wrong. God will not bless them because of that. I'll give you a little, little bit of information here. In Genesis, you remember Sodom and Gomorrah? The angels came into Lot. Lot took him into his house. The men, young and old, from every quarter of the city came into them. They're beating on the door. Bring them out. We want to know them. Know them like Adam knew Eve. The angels struck them blind. They worried themselves trying to find the door. Verse 24. God rained fire and brimstone on those cities because of gays. He didn't like it then. He will not like it now. It's wrong, it's wrong, it's wrong. You're not born gay. God does not create flops. It wasn't okay then. It's not okay now. The day of judgment, it will not be okay. It's an abomination. It's disgusting. Okay, let's talk just a little bit as we go forward and, and these ideas that... Uh, about marriage and the home. I don't want to spend a lot of time here. We, we don't have that much time. So, 1 Corinthians 7 and 8. I said, therefore, unto the married and the widows, it is good for them if they abide as I. Paul, the writer here, he was single. So remain as I. But if they cannot contain, let them marry, for it is better to marry than to burn. And unto the married I command you and I, but the Lord let not the wife depart from her husband. Think about common law marriages. Had a plumber in the house last week, and we was talking a little bit. And anyway, the, one of the older guys, we've been married 30 years. And the young said, well, uh, we're common law, five years. 
I didn't have nothing to say. Very seldom you see me when I don't have nothing to say. I didn't have nothing to say. Verse 11. And if she depart, let her remain unmarried or be reconciled to her husband, and let not the husband put away his wife. But to the rest speak I, not the Lord, if any brother hath a wife that believeth not, and she be pleased to dwell with him, let him not put her away. And the woman which hath a husband that believeth not, and if he be pleased to dwell with her, let her not leave him. hundred years ago, back when I had the picture of the ladies bathing, the divorce rate was 1.7%. So out of 100 people, less than two got divorced 100 years ago. 50 years ago, Diane and Beverly was married. I'm telling your age. 50 years ago, the divorce rate went to 3.5%. Out of 100, less than four people got a divorce. Last year, the divorce rate is 42.6%. Out of 100 people, 42 people get a divorce. It's too easy. Everybody's doing it. It's okay, right? It's okay. For those that went through a divorce, the effect this has on children, the effect on everybody, and I realize there are, some reason, there are reasons to biblically get a divorce. I'm not going into that. We're going to take, that takes more time. Let's talk a little bit about the home. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is head of the wife, even as Christ is head of the church, and he is Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. And again, we spend a lot of time on the home. United States, this year, 23% of homes have one parent. One. That wasn't God's plan. The home don't work as well when there's just one parent. China... 3%. 3% in China. 4% in Nigeria. Sean, check that out. See if that's correct. 4% get, get a divorce. They stay with it. All right, note takers, take this one. James 4 and 17. Therefore to him to know it to do good, and doeth it not to him it is sin. There's things in this world we cannot be involved in. It'll cost you your soul. Now, there's a lot of other things. I'm running out of gas. We can't go there. I want to talk about woe a little bit. What does woe? Woe's a caution. If they put a sign out of here going both ways from Wheeler... Caution, bridge out. There's not a one of us going to go full stream ahead. We're going to slow up. So here's some woes for you. Revelation 12 and 12. Therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Woe unto the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea. 
For the devil has come down into you having great wrath because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. Why are all of these things in the world? It's devilish. The devil is trying to trick us up into sin. Luke 21 and 33. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. And take heed to yourself, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness and cares of this life, and so that they may come upon you unawares. That word surfeiting, if I said that right, means headache or pain. You have to watch out. It's a warning of things to come. Verse 35. For as a snare shall it come upon all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch you therefore and pray always that you may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass to stand before the Son of Man. That word snare, I think First Timothy 3 and 7, the snare of the devil. A snare is a trap. It catches you. It hangs on to you. When these things get involved in your life, it hangs on to you. It's going to drag you down. It's going to kill you. This is our last verse. Come into me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest in your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. God is there with his arms out. He will help you. You don't have no problem that he can't fix. There's nothing he can't help you with. We've got warnings not to get involved in a lot of things. We've hit a few. Beware of the world. We're Christians. We look different. We act different. We've got to remember that. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. If you'd like to know more about this subject or any other Bible topic, send us a message at our Facebook page, The Church of Christ, Wheeler Area.